this goes out to all those straight men out there who think every gay guy wants to stick their dick in them. Chances are, if a woman doesn't want you, a gay man's not going to want you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 18, guys. We are here with me, Tiffany. I, myself. I, myself. <laughs> and um, Nicole. Along and- with one of our guests, Nick, who will be coming on shortly in this episode. We just want to put out a disclaimer for this episode because we do talk about eating disorders. So if you've ever had a previous eating disorder or you're triggered by talk about it, um, I would suggest probably just not listening to this episode or skipping to um i'll put the show notes uh what part to skip to thanks for tuning in and remember to rate comment and subscribe so just for our listeners can you give us backstory just who you are just like a quick introduction yeah sure um so i'm nick i have been involved in the fitness world for about six years now uh i've competed in uh, a bodybuilding show um, which i probably should not have been allowed to step on stage, but uh, we <laughs> all have learning experiences. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the fitness world is uh, bullshit, to be completely honest. So I'm kind of here just to talk about that and uh, help kind of end some of the shit that happens. That's awesome. Can you give us a little insight of your your competition experience and like how that was? <laughs> You know those buds that look like sticks that everybody's terrified of? <laughs> Basically picture that in mint green board shorts and a really fucked up spray tan walking across the stage. And uh, <laughs> It wasn't that bad. I saw pictures. <laughs> like my stage shots, like every time I go into my Dropbox, I get PTSD and I start like getting like flashbacks like I was in the Vietnam War. Like who <laughs> let me get on stage? And I mean, but like it was good. It was a learning experience, right? Like I had just yeah. spent two years dieting down um trying to get skinny because that's what everybody's goals are is skinny right and like yeah instead of dieting down and getting down to like a good lean level and then spending you know the proper time reversing and growing muscle i said fuck it i want to be like everybody else and stepped on stage and that should have been a really good indicator for me to not compete yeah. um i was only doing it because everybody was doing it right? Like yeah. I was new to the fitness world, you know, I wanted to, to fit in. So I thought that I had to step on stage to do so. Um, and I'm 156 pounds now, five foot four, and I stepped on stage at 108. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, I was a bone rack. That's lighter than I stepped on stage. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you were, you were 130, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you're you're fairly muscular at that. Oh, weight. 136. 136, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And right, like, had I, you know, spent some time putting on some muscle, like, I probably would have stepped on stage closer to, you know, 120, 25, kind of in and around there. Um, but I said, fuck it, and full scent into a prep and uh, dieted again for another. I think my prep was 16 weeks. Did you have a coach during that time or did you kind of do it self no, I did. I had a okay. coach. One of my friends coached me and like, it's got nothing, you know, against him. He was a great coach. He yeah. guided me through it. Um, I was adamant on competing and I'm sure there were, you know, a few low key comments 
and hints that I probably shouldn't have done it, but I kind of just had the blinders on yeah, and, uh, and wanted to do it. So. Well, that tends to happen with like preps, like you, you almost, it's almost like an out of body experience. Like you don't really see yourself for how you look a lot of the time. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was like that small until I look back on photos and I'm like, holy shit. Like I was right. very, very small. Yeah. Like ah. I sent like Sahara, you know, my friend Sahara and Carly, a couple of pictures of me and they're like, you look unwell. Like you are sick. Do you have cancer or something? Like are you dying? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Did you find like when you were coming out of this prep, you had any sort of body dysmorphia or like triggers with food or anything oh, coming out of it? 100%. 100 percent, yeah and people i feel like not a lot of people talk about the fact that the majority of bodybuilders will struggle with some sort of body image issues or disordered eating coming out of it and to be completely honest if they say otherwise you're full of fucking shit yeah for sure so i usually call the the fitness industry well yeah i guess the fitness industry in general like a walking eating disorder (laughs) um it's bad to say in a way but it's true. Like most people have some sort of disordered eating in some way or another, regardless of like what aspect of the fitness industry that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, it just like comes with it. It's either like body dysmorphia or like an actual like eating disorder. Some Mm -hmm. people have where they can't give themselves a free meal or like they can't not track every single thing that goes into their body and they think it's healthy and it's because they're working towards their goal. But really at, at the end of the day, that's a disorder. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many people who already struggle with eating disorders and body image issues who think that doing a prep and doing a competition is going to make them feel better. They're going to get up on stage in their shiny bikini and or their little man thong that they're hopping up on there too. Because it's not just women who struggle with it, like men deal with it too, right? So they think that, you know, by showing off their six pack and getting up there it's just going to miraculously make them love their bodies more which is the complete polar opposite of what it's going to do to you when you get off stage yeah for sure and that's i think something that we really want to touch on because obviously we we are women and we have the perspective of a female yeah so to have a male on and to show like there is a body dysmorphia in men as well which is usually most people are like oh guys have it easy yeah when it's really not that case right well i think that comes that stems from the fact that men don't want to talk about their struggles and they don't want to talk about you know when they're you know feeling down or if they look in the mirror one day and they're like god i look like shit right and like women you know for girls it's i'm not skinny enough you know my for men it's i'm not big enough right and it's the same stuff that i went through too right like i thought i looked great going into my show doing my prep, like hit those Instagram angles perfectly, showing off the abs and stuff like that. And then I walk into the change room and it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, what did I do? <laughs> um, another question that I just kind of had was just still on the fitness topic was, do you still feel like pressure because you are like a in the fitness industry and in terms of like your social media, do you still feel pressure to like look a certain way? I mean, yes and no. Like, mm. I personally don't care about having abs anymore because I like burgers and donuts way too much. So I've kind <laughs> of gotten over the fact that I'm going to embrace my, and I mean, a lot of people hate this word, but I'm going to embrace being a little bit thick because I look good. I look healthy. I feel good. My clothes fit well. Um, but yeah, I do still feel a little bit of pressure, right? Because I'm still a smaller guy. Like, I can't for the life of me get my biceps to grow. 
right? Yeah. So it's just like, there's me, I've got nice shoulders, I've got nice legs, I've got a nice ass, but then I look in the mirror and it's like, okay, well, buddy's got 21 inch biceps and I look like I've got a fucking tricycle wheel. If you're not comfortable asking or answering this one, you can uh, totally let me know. But um, have you ever felt pressured like to take extras like steroids if you haven't or if you have, what was your experience with them? Absolutely. I mean, I've got medical issues that I went through a couple of years ago um, where doctors, I actually went on uh, TRT. So okay. I've been uh, I've been doing that now for just over a year. Um, mm -hmm. Doctor supported, doctor monitored, uh, doctor yeah. recommended, right? I've got absolutely no <clears throat> issues with gear and people using, obviously. Um, but what I don't like is people who use year round and act yeah. like that's just how their body looks. You got all these coaches, all these women on VAR all year round saying like, look at me, look at my shredded abs. I just had a burger. You can look like me if you join my 12 week program. Like, no, <laughs> not how that works. Let them yeah. know. Sure. They can look like you eat all of that, but everything they also need to take that you're doing and all the cardio you're doing, you, these coaches go on there and they say, Oh, hours of cardio, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're not being honest. They're not being honest about the cardio they're doing, the gear that they're taking, the disordered eating that they have, the fact that they're only eating 50 grams of carbs in it, right? Like, it's just, it's so fucked up. Yeah, I think we have the same like perspective as you in that way, where as long as you're being genuine and honest about your methods of how, like, what your body looks like and how you get there that's cool but if you're hiding things like the the steroid use and uh the disordered eating that you patterns that you have behind closed doors like that's where we tend to have the issue with people and coaches especially you're supposed to lead as an example mm -hmm. and you're not doing that by um telling people you can look like me too and and live flexibly and whatever when really that's not the case like a lot of the a lot of these coaches are still like yeah I, i'm i'm very open i tell people that i, I usually count macros year round um i'm uh, like stepping away from that and i've i've talked about that a little bit on this podcast where i've started to like step away and go into intuitive eating yeah. just because i've been doing this for years and i just thought it was like a normal thing cuz all my coaches all my coaches were like, yeah, we track year round. So it was just like a, a normal thing in the fitness industry to track. And now that I'm kind of stepping away from competing, yeah. I now realize I don't have to track every single day. Like that's not a normal thing to do. No. So. And I'm, I mean, tracking is, you know, it's important for a person who's just, you know, starting off and doesn't really have an understanding of what they're putting into their system. Right. Um, yeah. But I don't track. The only time I track is if I'm, you know, going to be dieting down for something, um, going to do a little bit of a mini cut, or if I'm going to Mexico and I want to, you know, diet a bit, yeah, I'll track just to make sure. But I mean, honestly, the most important thing for me to track is my protein intake. Yeah, right? same. So. I mean, a lot of people are still doing the tracking to the gram year round and not having like any, they say it's flexible because it's flexible dieting, <laughs> but it's like not a it's not actually flexible there's no way you can actually fit a burger or maybe not a burger but like um some sort of other food that you enjoy into your macros and still be able to starve exactly without <laughs> macro hoarding for your entire day yeah. and then smashing dairy queen at the end of the day like 
Yeah, you're like eating asparagus yeah. for like five meals, and then you're like Dairy Queen. Like that's just not a normal thing. And so, well, no, that's that's promoting disordered eating because you're you're binging and you're saving up because you you feel the need that you don't deserve that burger or anything, right? And like, there's people that I follow on Instagram and don't follow on Instagram because they make me want to put my face in a wall. But it's just like, <laughs> they talk about how like, they've been tracking for the past 18 months, 20 months, and today they just had their first free meal. Like, pardon me? Yeah, that's not okay. Like what? What is that's that? That's not a normal thing. <laughs> But they, it's seen as like disciplined, right? There's a, yeah, and or, there's a difference between discipline and being fucking psychotic, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, but that's true. Another thing to kind of just kind of backtracking back to coaches and stuff like that. The coaches who have their own issues, who are also trying to coach people and help others. Mm. I just, I don't know. I just, I think that if you're struggling with something on your own that you can't get under control how are you going to help somebody how are you going to coach them and help them get over these things when you can't even deal with it yourself yeah and I, I guess again that's a huge thing with like the disordered eating right is if you can't like I think that the thing with coaches now is um a lot of them are one like uncertified mm -hmm. So they, they do like a show or two shows and they're like, okay, I'm going to be a coach now. And they're not actually certified in any sort of nutrition background, kinesiology background, personal training background. Maybe they have their personal training certificate, but like you can get that in a weekend. Yeah. So I don't really um, think of that as like a, I don't know how to say it, as a real qualification for being a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I think the the biggest thing now in the fitness industry is you see all these coaches popping up and what happens is you can really mess up someone's body uh -huh. with nutrition advice or these meal plans that are like super nutrient deficient and it's, it's easy to produce results. Well, that's yeah. exactly it's it, right? Like it's, I can give a person 80 grams of carbs a day and tell them to do two hours of cardio and no fucking shit, they're going to lose weight. But what happens yeah. when that person gets down to an unhealthy body fat percentage and they start, you know, if it's a female and she starts losing her period, like, how are you supposed to help that person? You can't, you're technically, you're not supposed to, but like, if you don't know how to properly reverse diet them out of that situation, like you're just setting these people up for failure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a very scary thing in the industry is the amount of just coaches that are now like deciding to to do it is and the and a lot of them are taking on things that they're not really allowed to take on. Like you should not be dealing with other people with eating disorders. Regardless like if you yourself has it have an eating disorder or not, like you're not medically trained to take that on. No. So that is a big issue so that's like one of the things that i always talk about is morally i won't take someone on who's ever had a, a eating disorder say as a competition prep client Absolutely. just because competition prep enhances eating disorders a hundred percent it will enhance an eating disorder regardless if you feel like you're fully recovered or not i just did air quote air quotes <laughs> <laughs> but no i realized no one could see me i think just from experience watching other people who've had eating disorders go into competition prep, like it spirals uh -huh. real fast. And if you're not mentally okay with how your body looks now, like you're going to be even worse when it, 
you have to reverse diet out of like very low body fat percentage. Exactly. Well, and then there's tons of people who don't even stick to their reverse diet as I put my hand up. Like <laughs> one, <laughs> one week after my competition, I went to Vegas for my bachelor party. Like, oh. how do you think a person's supposed to stay on track with a, with a reverse diet in Vegas, right? So yeah i think that's like impossible it's all like fried food it's so good Dude, i was so sick i had like one beer and i had like one thing of deep fry i don't even know what it was it was like mac and cheese balls or something like that and then i had to go oh, back to yeah. the hotel and it was just three hours of lying on the floor crying and shaking in the fetal position like it is yeah. not comfortable <laughs> i understand that like i think after my last prep i had a bellini i was drunk <laughs> I was like real drunk off of like one Bellini and I think I had like a slice of pizza. Yeah. So you are married. I am married. Our first married person. On mm. How old are you? I am 30. Oh, okay. Tiffany wants to be married. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we had that conversation the other night, Steph. <laughs> I know he told me to stray away from it and I was like, okay, I guess. Live your life. <laughs> Live your life a little no, bit. No, I would, I'd like to be married in like, you know, five six seven nine twenty more years what, what are you talking about N tiffany wants a family like i want a family kind of like in my early 30s but that's just because i want more of a like i don't know i've you matured like kids. so fast i guess so i'm just like i'm ready like well and it's, it's funny you say that like one of my best friends her and her girlfriend um they don't have any plans on getting married anytime soon and they are expecting their first kid um in the next few months so it's a lot more common than you think of people wanting a family before they even want to get married right so well like i mean like i would like to get married before i have a family like that i don't know more so because i'm like not that they can't leave but i'm like hey you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> the piece of paper makes it a little harder yeah exactly yeah. divorce is expensive oh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> little things like that i think my biggest fear would be like obviously i wouldn't want to have to carry the kid so like they would have to carry and if they were carrying the kid and they wanted to like divorce i'm like shit okay i'm just like all by myself or like i'm like decide to separate and we're not married and it's just like okay well have fun with the child yeah. but you always have a you can't just say okay have fun with the child <laughs> peace out well they that. have it in their stomach like there's nothing really like bond binding us together i know but like it's still like in a way your kid yeah i'm gonna get paper signed don't worry yeah, yeah there you go documents that go into the the whole situation right so yeah no for sure um did you want to touch on that a little bit kind of that part of your life the old ball and chain. No, I mean, um, him and I've been together for six years. It's actually was six years yesterday. And oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah, married, <laughs> married for two. Um, definitely has had its ups and downs, right? But uh, do you have any advice for like, long term relationships, keeping them fun and exciting and things like that? Communication is super important. Um, yeah. Being open minded, adventurous, adding a little bit of excitement here and there definitely keeps things fun. Um, but honestly, like the biggest thing is just like developing that trust and having that communication and talking about your feelings instead of keeping them bundled up. I used to be really bad for that. We're never going to have a long-term relationship, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> we keep all our emotions inside. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a lot of work to be completely honest with you. Marriage is not, uh, it's not easy. But, you know, once you find that person that you actually want to spend your rest of the rest of your life with, um, it's worth the work.
and you have a person who also wants the same with you so you can work on it kind of together. Exactly. It's important to find somebody that, you know, you vibe with and has very similar goals, right? Not every, not, you know, your partner is not going to enjoy every single thing that you do. Like mine hates the gym. Oh, right? I was like, going to just ask yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, but that's my own thing. That's something that I get to do by myself and have my me time. You know, he's got his own hobbies that I'd rather, you know, put my fist in a garburetor than go through and deal with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but again, that stuff that he does on his own on with his friends, it's very important, right? To have that kind of stuff, have that separation too, so. Yeah, I was just going to say it's important like in a relationship to be like your own person and have your own things. So you're not doing every single thing together. Yeah, exactly. You're not so. constantly tied to the hip, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Would you be open to kind of sharing your coming out story or like how you came out and when and like anything like that? Yeah, or absolutely. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> Some people are like, absolutely not. But... <laughs> no, I think it's honestly, I think it's super important to to be open about it and to share and to talk about it. I am. Can we start off with, sorry, sorry, did not mean to cut you off, but can we start off with like, do you feel as a person that it's important to come out? Because I've gotten that question so much and actually more from males yeah. on, you know, them being like 40 plus years old and they're like do you think it's important that I come up that I'm bisexual to people and I'm like I can't kind of make that decision and I would like a kind of different perspective do you as a person feel like it's important to come out to people um I'm kind of with you where it's like I can't make that decision for a person right like for me coming out I told myself that I was only going to come out and once I met somebody that was worth coming out for um it, it again it depends on a person's goals and a person's life right like if they I know you know some men who are in the closet but they don't ever want a relationship they don't ever want kids they just they like their career and they like to have sex so for them it doesn't matter if they're out and they rock the boat with their family they can still get laid and move on with their life right but and then just act like they're single yeah exactly and thing. they don't have to I don't think anybody has to come out and I honestly hope that one day the world is kind of the, to the point where nobody needs to come out where you can just like one day if, if I ever have kids which is probably never going to happen I want my child to be able to just come home to me one day and say hey dad this is my boyfriend or hey dad this is my girlfriend I don't yeah. want to have yeah. to you know I was very fortunate go through the traumatic exactly. I feel like it's very there's so much kind of pressure with it like I my perspective and kind of what I told him is like you know at the end of the day like for example Nicole would never come home and be like hi dad I like boys they'd probably be like okay honey yeah like all right cool story <laughs> like, bro like <clears throat> yeah like, um so like certain people don't feel like they don't feel the need not they not saying that we're that different but like for example if you like the opposite sex you're not going and making that clear so some I've personally like I would I didn't even come out like it was more so my parents that just found out and decided that they were going to tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was very fortunate in my kind of coming out. And I mean, I don't know if I really even like, there was a few people that I came out to, but I never like, you know, announced it on social media or made this big dramatic post about it. It was kind of just like, I, I feel bad for doing this, but I texted my mom. Like, like hi mom i'm gay or it was more of like so i was raised in northern bc in a really small town um uh, so same. yeah 
Well, not in BC. I was like, what? Small town. <laughs> but, yeah. But like for me, it was kind of just like I was scared, right? Because growing up, that wasn't okay. It wasn't accepted, especially in a small town like that. Like I was bullied all through high school. I had a lot of female friends. Um, so of course everybody just assumes, you know, you're gay. Right. And during high school, I didn't think I was, I didn't want to admit it. Right. Like I dated girls. Um, I had a serious relationship with a girl for, for a couple of years there, you know, lived together and everything. Right. So like for me, I was nervous to come out and to tell my parents and I was very lucky that both of them were kind of just like, Oh, okay. Like my mom kind of had a bit of a, Oh, but I'm ever going to have grandkids kind of thing. And <laughs> the first thing my mother said also was, but well, how are we good? How, how are you going to have kids? Like, do you need to use your brother's sperm? And I'm like, ew, no. Okay. <laughs> okay this conversation is not happening right now. I just came out. Yeah. My dad was like, all right, cool. Like what's for dinner? Like it's your turn to make dinner tonight. What are you doing? Right. So like very lucky in that. He didn't care. Didn't care. <laughs> I lost a few friends, you know, a few male friends um, by doing so. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're not the type of people that I'd want around to be and have around in my life anyways, if that's, you know, how they see that. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you find, um, there is like a LGBTQ, um, can community like on the Island? Like, is it fairly big or is it, um, to be completely honest, I'm not overly involved in it. Um, okay. I, I do have quite a few, you know, gay and lesbian friends, but yeah. I don't go to like, you know, I'm not a personally, I don't like pride. I don't like the parades and stuff like that. I think that just has to do with the fact that I hate crowds. So I, oh. <laughs> I, hate crowds and I don't drink. So that's kind of probably why I don't enjoy. I like the excuse for the three day. <laughs> oh and so does my husband. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's, you know, there is a community here. There's Facebook groups and stuff like that. And Nanaimo has, you know, an Nanaimo pride event and stuff like that. Um, I've been very fortunate. My career, I've been in the automotive industry for six years, which is, you know, predominantly male, predominantly straight and all about, you know, straight men and stuff. Um, I haven't had any issues, you know, my work environment's always been very supportive of it. And uh, I get a lot of, you're not actually gay. There's no way you're gay kind of thing. Right. When people, when people find out about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, well, like, from my kind of perspective now, I feel like people are like, okay, I, you're probably pretty gay. Because once they actually get to know me, they're like, yeah, you're very similar to a guy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and just the things that I say and stuff make it a bit more obvious. Mm -hmm. uh, but I used to get that all the time. Maybe the only reason why I don't get it is because I don't go to new people anymore. <laughs> don't, hang <out. laughs> don't hang out with new people anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's good that like because I know that the island in a sense is kind of a smaller community so it's good that mm -hmm. there's um no societal backlash to anything like that I mean I I haven't personally like I said I've been very lucky but I do know people who have had issues people who have had unsupportive family unsupportive friends you know have had comments made out in public about them right so it's definitely there no matter where you live yeah um just for me i've been really lucky to not you know be subjected to that yeah for sure yeah i think it does definitely still happen a lot and like as much as 
we want to say in like in Canada that we are open. open. We're not really in like we're open when it's not directly in our face a lot of the time. Exactly. Yeah. So like when it's actually in your face, like I feel like a lot of people have a hard time with it, and it's like why? Like I just don't, I don't I don't know. I've never understood that. Um, yeah. I mean, I still have family members that get very uncomfortable. Like I've. The thing is with men and the and the biggest thing that I've noticed is they are mostly okay with lesbians, but then when it's a guy, they they get the whole like, okay, well he's gonna hit he's, on me, he's gonna hit on me, like and they act like all weird about. It. And I think at that point it just comes down to not being maybe a hundred percent secure with their sexuality. Oh, one hundred percent. And honestly, like this goes out to all those straight men out there who think every gay guy wants to stick their dick in them. Chances are. If a woman doesn't want you, a gay man's not gonna want you. Oh. <laughs> Chill out, bro. I love Wouldn't that. fuck you with your own dick. <laughs> fuck you with your own dick. <laughs> no, I know. I actually like. I saw family members that just they're okay with lesbians because I'm lesbian, and they, you know, will be like, "Oh, you know, it's accepted. Like you're acceptable." Blah, well- but. When it comes to a man, they're like, oh, my God, he's hitting on me. Like, I'm going to beat him up. I'm like, okay, but, like, you hit on women. Like, it's- <laughs> what's what's the difference, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It's... But there's a small town thing, too. I yeah. think a, a lot of that is going to be because women, like, lesbians are sexualized. Oh, 100%. It is 100%. Yeah, yeah. If you say that you're gay, if you're a lesbian, you're like, oh, this is my girlfriend. At to a guy at a bar, they'll be like, okay, we'll make out. And you're like, yeah. go fuck yourself. Well, like, and they'll and there's then they're so quick to hop on Pornhub and look up girl on girl or whatever it is, right? But you know, it's heaven forbid that somebody looks up guy on guy or something like that. And it, and it also comes down to like, you yeah, women are very sexualized, especially you know same sex couples and stuff like that. You go up to any straight man and you ask them what they think about lesbians and they're just like, oh, yeah, so hot. Very into that. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you walk up well, to, like, a, a woman or something and you're like, hey, like, do you go on Pornhub? Gay porn? Do you like <laughs> dude on dude? And like, what? No. No, but they probably watch li- Girl on Girl too, though. Exactly. Well, even Tiffany and, like, myself, when Tiffany moved into my place... I had male friends who were like, are you guys going to do like lesbian stuff together? And I was like, well, I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) When you move in with your bro, are you guys going to do like gay shit together? Yeah. I was just like, is this a joke? I was like, just because like she's into women doesn't mean that like we are going to do stuff together. And like, again, that shout out to West Coast people who think that we've slept together. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that story's still going around. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, but yeah, there's always that, that kind of side of things. When we were talking about the whole coming out thing, I don't even think I've ever, I've ever come out to you. No, I just knew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's, and I mean, like, for me, like, with my female friends, like, for example, like Carly, you know, I was moving down to the island, I didn't know anybody here, and I had seen Carly on her social media on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, I want to be friends with her, like, she's into the same stuff as me and all that kind of stuff, and like, my opening line in her DMs were, I'm gay, I'm not hitting on you. Let's hang out. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, I do have a question. And this is more going to be like, I guess, you can see if you want to touch on it or don't. But it's a question definitely some of like my straight friends have asked is, um, 
do you find like the more the, like the male gay community is more promiscuous? Um, yeah, I, I'd say so. I mean, okay. everybody likes to have sex. It's, yeah. it's human nature, right? Whether you're gay, straight, whatever you are, it's mm -hmm. human instinct, right? Um, you know, I'm, I don't know, you know, when it comes to like the, the female side of things, you know, if they're as promiscuous, but like gay men have like 50 different apps you can go on just to find some guy to like meet up and bang. Like it's like DoorDash. If I oh want cactus club <laughs> dropped off at my door, or if I want some dude dropped off at my door, I just open up an app kind of thing. Right. So. Yeah. And they also have apps or I guess it's the WhatsApp groups and these WhatsApp groups are like, so there's a orgy happening this weekend. And then everybody's like going to the orgy. And what? I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, I, I, I know nothing I about know that, that group chat. That's. <laughs> that's like I think that's more like in Vancouver Probably. but I I was hanging out with um one of like my friend's friends who is gay and he was just talking about this so openly and it was my first time meeting him and he was like oh yeah like me and a few guys are going to hit up an orgy this weekend <laughs> and I was like oh he's like yeah we're like all talking in this group chat and kind of getting to know each other ahead of time I'm like okay and then like you know there's like the leather on leather parties and everything so I think that's where kind of the straight guys over here who might hear about those things are probably like, okay, so they're obviously a lot more promiscuous. Yeah. I Well, that and, like, <laughs> I have a few friends that are gay. And there's one app, and I don't know, they it tells you, like, how far away you are to a person. Yeah, there's, like, apps like Grindr and stuff like that where you just, like, it shows yeah. you, like, the distance away from a person. Like, you could be walking through the mall, and it's just, like, you open it up, and you're, like oh, is that cute guy that just walked past me also on here? Or <laughs> <laughs> how far away yeah, are you he, kind of thing, right? So Yeah, and he said, like, you can literally, like, meet someone, like, in a bathroom in, like, two seconds. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, shocked. I don't yeah. know. It happens. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, it's just, I guess a lot of testosterone. <laughs> a lot of like... testosterone. And honestly, like, an orgy like that, that's, like, that's a lot of dicks coming at you. Oh, that's very <laughs> overwhelming to think of that. Like, yeah, the way he was explaining it to you, he's like, you know, like if you want to go for that one guy over there, you just have to get through a few guys to get to him. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, running the fucking gauntlet to try and get to the dude. <laughs> oh god, it's like a ninja TV show. What is that? Like <laughs> American Ninja. <laughs> American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> American Ninja Warrior Gay Orgy Edition. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, definitely around Pride, you have those kind of leather on leather parties and, and everything like that, too. So I love that shit. It's all kinds of fun. Yeah, I've definitely been to a couple of different parties at Pride. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with like the Vancouver clubs and stuff like that the first time I went. So my friend was telling me about this party called Barracuda. And I'm like, oh, like the fish or the car? Like, what? And they're like, well, just come and you'll see. So, so <laughs> I walked into this club and there's all these literally bears, big, hairy men. And then there's me, this little five foot four, <laughs> at the time, 115 pounds soaking wet. 
Oh my God. It walking into this club and I swear to God, like the music stopped and everybody turned and it was just like, all right, I need to get out of here before I die. <laughs> Can you touch on that a little bit? Like about, um, obviously there's different like slang um, in the gay community. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, there is. I, yeah. I, I, I don't even know. So. <laughs> <laughs> so like bears would be like, the bigger hairy burlier bed like choke me and break my windpipe kind of thing then there's like otters which are kind of the hairier more like skinny muscular type i guess there's the twinks who are like the really skinny you can see their rib cage you put their your dick in them and you can see it like poking out their stomach too skinny oh, oh <laughs> tiffany's slapping her knee right now <laughs> And it's just, I don't even know. There's so many different ones that I just like, I even lose track of them. I guess just kind of being in a relationship for the past six years, you don't really yeah. keep up with it. Yeah, for sure. I like know the basics of like top, bottom, stem, femme, yeah. stud. <laughs> well, and even in like the to... lesbian community, like I was on TikTok the other day and I was like, oh, going TikTok through, has so much. And I, I, and I somehow ended up on lesbian TikTok and it's just like, one, one of them was like, they called her like, are you a stud or are you, I can't remember what the other one was. And it's a just femme. like, yeah. So I guess like even lesbians have like their own little job. Yeah. So like <laughs> your stud would be like, you know, the more like guy, like has that like Jock. very like jockey kind of personality yeah, yeah. and, and like, you know, wears their hair in the top knot bun, the ha- the lesbian bun, which is like right on top of your head. Got you with the plaid uh, jacket. And then, you know, <laughs> like has the little slit in their eyebrow too. Um, and then you have your femme, which is like your Nicole lesbians, which would nice. be like your very like kind of <laughs> your like feminine ones. And then you would have like your, um, oh, what was the other one again? Um, stems. And then your stems are, like, kind of me, who I could be, like, a stud, but I could also be femme, depending on how I'm feeling in that moment type of thing. Yeah. Um, and the top and bottom is just, the top is the one who has control in the bedroom, and then the bottom one is the... Submissive? Submissive one, yeah. Kind of idea. So dominant and then submissive. Gotcha. Huh, the more you know. <laughs> yeah i mean half of this i've just learned through tiktok so shout out to tiktok for teaching me I right like, like thank I'm... you for that yeah exactly <laughs> honestly i've been doing like a lot of googling i'm like what does this mean <laughs> like... i feel like i'm 13 all over again what does a dick look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you know there's so many baby lesbians that are kind of creating on oh, baby lesbians are just like your younger lesbians um, we're just creating kind of all these things and these different traits and personalities and stuff. Yeah. All have the slits in their eyebrows. And I feel yeah. like my TikTok is literally only lesbian TikTok now that like Tiffany sends me TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> I like go on there and it's like all lesbian TikToks. And I'm like, what? What, what is happening? Is this, are this? they trying to tell me something? Like, what? what? I'm like, I'm so confused. How did I end up here? Why am I here? How do I get out of it? Oh, my God. Um, but you said something about societal norms, and I don't know if you have enough time in the next, like, five minutes to kind of go over that. Sure. What, um, and in terms of, like, what societal norms are kind of placed on a person and how, you know, you as a person maybe are breaking them. 
Are you t- talking stereotypes? Sorry. Yeah, like stereotypes. I mean, there's <laughs> there's lots of stereotypes around, you know, um, you know, especially being like a gay man, right? Like um people just assume that you're you're feminine, you're into makeup, you're, you know, you're meant to be a barista at Starbucks kind of thing and like <laughs> I think all of that's that's bullshit. Like we can be whatever we want to be, you know, like I have been very successful in the automotive industry, you know, at a very young age and things like, you know, being on Instagram and, you know, you would expect that like a, a gay man would run like a makeup page or something like that. And all for the ones who want to run that, but like, I run a fitness page. I'm into bodybuilding. I'm into fitness. I want to, you know, grow my body and get bigger instead of, you know, try and diet down and be skinny to fit into that kind of gay norm of having to be super thin, right? Like I'm considered fat because you can't see my six pack in the gay world, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah. I've noticed that they are, they do tend to come a bit more thin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends. For like, depends the person, yeah, but yeah, the person. a lot of my um, gay friends tend to be a little bit like on the the thin side for sure. Which is totally fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not body shaming by any means. Like, if that's oh no, right, no, no. like that's that's not what I'm getting at at all. But, no, no. You know, the stereotypical like a straight person just automatically assumes you're flamboyant, you're feminine, you're this, you're that, which is fucking bullshit. Like, we can be whatever we want to be, look however we want to look, have whatever career we want to have go fuck yourself um and is there anything else you wanted to touch oh, sorry did you have a question no okay um just kind of before we wrap up like did you have anything that you wanted to pretty much like tell our audience or anything you wanted to like come across before we kind of like end no i mean i know you guys have you know a lot of lgbt you know followers and stuff like that and i just want to say that you know we support you we're we're here for you you know even though it's 2020 you might have some people who you still struggle with. And if your family doesn't support you, you've got a family here with us. So there's a whole community with open arms ready to take you in. We got your back. (laughs) Well, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's plug your Instagram where people can find you, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. My Instagram is Nick Doucette fit, typical fit fuck Instagram pic. Um, Nick with no K and follow me if you want. Okay. And we'll uh, link that in the show notes as well. So people can just like click through and our podcast, Instagram, blunt up blondes. And then my personal Nicole with two E's Deanna. And my Instagram is underscore tips got biceps. And our email is blunt up blondes podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for coming on, Nick. Yeah. No worries. Thanks for having me. As you guys all know, Oh my god! Be a nice fucking human. Yeah. Um, Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>